You are now listening to Music Legends with your host, Chili Willie. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Chili Willie, a.k.a. Diamondback Baby Sasquatch. On today's Music Legends, I'm going to take you on a journey through the wonderful world of Gaga. Now, if you're a mother or father of a small child, you might be in the wonderful world of Gugu and Gaga. But Gaga means so much more than whatever babies are trying to say. It describes the feeling of sheer enthusiasm, or it can mean something completely different. Sheer madness. Today's Music Legends is both of those, and everything in between. Which is why Lady Gaga is the perfect name for her. Sit back, put on your p-p-p-poker face, and listen to the legend of how this lady became straight-up Gaga. The city streets of New York were bustling as just another average day began. But deep within the heart monitors and operating rooms of Lenox Hill Hospital, it was no average day. A music legend was born that day with a name that sounds more like a clothing designer, if anything. Her name was Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanotta. But that name would soon change to something a lot more simple. Her parents were Italian and French-Canadian and came from lower-class families. But after migrating to the U.S., they learned the simple importance of working hard for absolutely anything. They wanted to instill the same ideology in their daughter. So Stephanie began taking piano lessons at the age of four when her mother insisted she became, quote, a cultured young woman, unquote. But unlike so many kids who are pushed into something they have absolutely no interest in, Stephanie loved piano. Even by the age of four, she had so many creative ideas she could now unravel through this art form we call music. Quote, I don't know exactly where my music interests come from, but it's the thing that comes easiest to me. My mom always tells me this really embarrassing story of when I was really, really young. I would prop myself up and I would try and play the keys, but I was still pretty good at piano. So my first instincts were to work so hard at practicing piano. I might not have been a natural dancer, but I'm a natural musician. That's the thing that I believe I'm the greatest at." Unquote. The piano lessons taught her to create music by ear, which is where the saying, play it by ear, comes from. Being able to play something literally by ear and not reading it off a piece of paper. Although that is a valuable thing to learn, which she eventually did. She learned the art of writing her own music at only four years old which she liked way better than reading sheet music. She wrote poetry, and she wrote little melodies on her piano. But when she was 13, her vocal coach told her to put them all together. And she did, writing her first song called I'll Never Find a Way to Love Again. If anybody knows anything about love at age 13, it's Lady Gaga. After her parents heard some of her original compositions, they were blown away. At that moment, they realized that she was born this way. Even though her parents were very busy people, working two or three jobs at a time, 
or in her father's case, one job that made him travel to hotels all around the country. He was the guy who pioneered the installation of wireless internet access in hotels when he started the company Guest Wi-Fi. Nevertheless, they still wanted their daughter to pursue music, but not as much as they wanted her to become a good Catholic woman. Her piano teacher knew some people at the Juilliard School of Music, and Stephanie was accepted into the school at age 14. But her parents enrolled her in the convent school of the Sacred Heart, a private all-girls Catholic school. It may have been a strict school, but it's not cheap either. It's the same school that Nikki and Paris Hilton attended. It's also the very same school that appears in the TV series Gossip Girl. So her high school almost became as famous as she did, but she wasn't famous yet. I mean, she was still known as Stephanie, but Stephanie was becoming very, very busy. During her summers, she was sent to low-budget creative art camps, and she played piano in coffee shops for just a little bit of money. Stephanie was, quote, very dedicated, very studious, very disciplined, but also a bit insecure. She considered herself a misfit among her peers, and she was mocked for being either too proactive or too eccentric. Well, at least eccentric for a good Catholic girl. She would sneak out of her house to play at open mic nights, which I'm sure was a sin. But it was at the all-girls convent school where she developed a love for acting. Stephanie had a natural talent for performing, and whenever she did, she always put her own flair and personality into it. Her teachers took notice and gave her the lead role of Adelaide in Guys and Dolls and other plays throughout her school. The next few years would turn out to be a roller coaster ride for Stephanie, and I mean that in a good way and a bad way. I went to Catholic school and then all this crazy stuff happened, and I was going, oh, is this just the way adults are? I don't... In other words, you were protected in Catholic school. They talked about certain... It, 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 you were kind of naive, in a way. I was very naive. Right. And then you want to be a singer, and you, you're starry-eyed, and you're like, I just want to sing. I, I love singing. And some guy swooped in and took advantage of that. Well, you know, it, it, it happens every day. It happens every day, and it's, it's really scary, and it's sad. And, and, you know, it didn't affect me as much right after as it did about four or five years later it hit you it hit me it's a so delayed hard. reaction you're working so hard i was and you're so traumatized to, yes. by it that yeah. i was like just keep going because yeah. i just had to get out of there i have talked to other women who have gone through a similar experience wh where they were raped and they actually don't even it almost doesn't register for a couple of years until yeah. they're willing to talk to themselves about it. I wasn't even willing to admit admit that it even you know that anything had even happened. And she didn't admit anything happened. No matter how ghastly the circumstances, she was becoming more invested in her acting, but already hugely invested in her music. On top of that, she was granted early admission to New York University's Tisch School of the Arts, which was pretty impressive considering that she was one of the 20 students throughout the world to receive the honor of early acceptance. But even at a school of such a great reputation, Stephanie still didn't feel like she was in the right place. I never was the kind of girl that's naturally sure when it comes to love, oh no. I was insecure, insecure. She studied music and worked on her songwriting skills more than she ever had before. But something within her soul just said, jump ship. And it was that same voice that kept her true and honest with herself. Maybe it's because I'm a New Yorker. But, you know, 
If, if you tell me to zig, I'm gonna zag. <laughs> and if you tell me to ying, I'm gonna yang. So, you know, that, that's always how I've, you know, in my own way, maintained my sense of authenticity within myself, is that if somebody told me to take a right, I was taking a sharp <laughs> left. And that's exactly what she did. She took a leap of faith and decided to listen to that voice. She dropped out of school to find creative inspiration, but instead found herself in a financial pickle. Stephanie may have been granted early admission to her prestigious university, but not a full-ride scholarship. So when she dropped out, she still had to pay a lot of money. Thousands of dollars later, Stephanie sat in her tiny, cold, and decrepit New York apartment. The entire room shook as trains passed every five minutes. She was covered with a blanket, almost like the shell of the person she used to be, keeping her warm as she held on tightly. She sniffled her shivery nose and stood up. She only had to walk a couple of steps into the kitchen to open her fridge. But the only thing she found was rotten milk and two eggs. Her eyes slowly wandered to the top of her fridge where she saw her marijuana. She quickly snatched it and rolled it up into a joint and took a big suck. She reached under her bed to grab a worn-out diary. This old book was filled with hundreds of poems and songs. Stephanie was perfectly happy sitting around writing lyrics and getting high. But right then, she realized deep down, that wasn't why she dropped out of college. You're giving me a million reasons to let you go. You're giving me a million reasons to quit the show. You're giving me a million reasons. Give me a million reasons. Giving me a million reasons. About a million reasons. If I so a couple weeks later, she got a job. Well, actually, she got three jobs. Because that's what you gotta do when you live in New York. And even with three jobs, she was barely able to make ends meet. She was hardly even home anymore. At night, she was a go-go dancer, and she honed the art of her performance. She experimented with fashion by shopping at Goodwill and other lesser-known thrift stores. But the key was, she would go to all these thrift stores in rich neighborhoods. People would throw away super expensive garments, and Stephanie bought the most outrageous clothes she could find, but for a great price. She would then rip the clothes and manipulate them in various ways to make them look even crazier and essentially create her own unique fashion. Stephanie started showing up to work in outlandish outfits, but in her line of work as a professional dancer, it enhanced the reactions of her audience, and they totally loved her for it. Stephanie finally felt like she could be herself, but she still had a lot more of herself to express. So she created her very own burlesque show with a couple of her dancer friends, and it very well could have been the craziest, most underrated show in New York at the time. Stephanie stood behind the red suede curtains. She felt them brush against her bare skin as she heard her name announced. And now, from right here in New York City, Stephanie! Black Sabbath blared on the loudspeakers as she snuck onto the front of the stage. A red spotlight faded on. The spotlight revealed her bizarre and erotic outfit. She was wearing a designer trench coat, but it was cut off at the bottom, almost to look like a dress that was too short. Under that, she was only wearing a thong with a feathery fringe. 
She stood on the stage for a couple of seconds just to let her audience adjust to what was about to happen. But they were still in awe when her insanely high heels clicked to the beat of heavy metal. She walked around her audience with a lighter and hairspray, giving the illusion that she could breathe fire. She was singing songs about some truly bizarre things, but with a beautifully soulful voice. But after only five minutes, her time was up, and the crowd still went insane. And that was becoming her average Wednesday night. Her and half of her audience would casually grab a beer after her performance. Stephanie was in bliss. She could let go of every worry and doubt she had and just dance her heart out. But on one night, she felt more pressure than bliss. As she was becoming a local celebrity in the dance community, the venues she performed at became more luxurious. And that night, as she was walking into the same old luxurious club, she saw more security than usual, more black SUVs than usual, and hundreds of people outside waiting to get in. Something was off, or should I say, someone. Stephanie knew deep down that someone special had to be at the club, so she grabbed her hairspray and her lighter, which she hadn't done in a while, because most of the high-end clubs, well, they frowned upon that kind of thing. But tonight, Stephanie didn't care. Tonight, she just wanted to blow away her fans, just very carefully. She went on stage. At this point, she was so confident in her act that she could just do it with her eyes closed. But she had her eyes peeled, looking for that special someone. As she stood there, her eyes sifting through the crowd, and then they stopped as she looked at someone who was looking directly at her in the eye from way on the other side of the room. She found that very special someone. Find out who that very special someone was right after a short break. So the other day I happened to see the waste management people. I mean, they were just doing what they do. You know, picking up all the stuff I had recycled. But when I looked at the guy in that truck, we had a real moment of awkward eye contact. He made a face at me as if to say, what are you looking at, buddy? And I made a face at him as if to say, I appreciate you, bro. I mean, the earth is pretty cool, right? Therefore, recycling is cool. But don't you ever wonder what happens to all of the stuff after you recycle it? Well, Vanier makes it into useful and beautiful works of art. Check out their Etsy page in the show notes or look up Vanier. That's V-A-G-N-E. You'll find lamps with unique stone designs and much, much more. And they're all handmade and perfect to keep your home and this planet looking good. But for now, back to music legends. Who was that very special someone that would rocket ship her career into the stars? Well, she was about to meet him. Her eyes stopped as she met eyes with that very special someone. R&B singer Akon was staring directly at Stephanie, excited for the show to begin. He heard so much about it, and now he was finally about to witness it. Stephanie tensed every muscle in her body, knowing that a music legend was watching her. But from afar, Akon gave her a look of approval and a relaxed smile. In that moment, her body broke free of her nervous shell 
and she snapped into action. Fire shot in the air as she began to sing and dance like she never had before. And after the show, a very impressed Akon walked backstage with a piece of paper and a pen. The label wanted to send a talent scout, but I wanted to see the show for myself, said the music legend. With that, Stephanie acted before she had a chance to think and immediately signed the paper. That paper would turn her into something far greater than an underground burlesque dancer. But in a sense, she already was something greater. She was at the very edge of glory. At the age of 20, Stephanie began to work at Interscope Records as a songwriter for other artists on the label. She wrote songs for artists including Britney Spears, New Kids on the Block, and the Pussycat Dolls. Everything started moving so fast at that point in her life, and she just had to move with it. But fame wasn't far behind her. Stephanie was going to parties and meeting music executives, but no one really knew her name. They just knew that she wrote all the songs for all the big names. But when she was introduced to music producer Rob Fusari, people started learning her name, or at least the name she was about to create. Rob Fusari was infatuated with Stephanie and her songs. They began growing closer to one another as they spent hours in the studio trying to record, but they would just end up talking. The two began to fall in a quick but deep love. He traveled every day to New Jersey just to help her develop her songs and compose her material. From Stephanie's nagging father to the hundreds of clients Rob was working with at the time, the studio was the one place that they could just go and be alone with each other. One day, Stephanie and Rob were sitting in the studio recording and writing songs. Suddenly, Stephanie pressed stop while playing back the song she had just recorded. What's your favorite song of all time? She asked. Well, this one's pretty great, and honestly, it's always kind of reminded me of you, he said with a smile. That's right, it was Radio Gaga by Queen. As it turned out, Radio Gaga was also one of her favorite songs. And legendary in its own right, it kind of did sound like her. Two weeks later, she was sitting alone in her father's house where she ended up moving. She may have been alone, but she was about to have a very important and intimate text conversation with her producer and boyfriend Rob. Her thumbs moved across the keyboard. Hey handsome, she pressed send and eagerly waited for a reply. What's up, Lady Gaga? Her eyes lit up. Rob's spellcheck had corrected Radio Gaga to Lady Gaga, but this was quite all right. Stephanie, or as of now, Lady Gaga, absolutely loved it. Quote, when we were getting ready to really start performing, I decided that after I'd been playing under my real name for so long, I wanted a new way to reinvent myself. So I said, what about Lady Gaga? because Gaga is sort of crazy, and Lady has such connotations. I went to a private school, but now I was living in this trash glitter environment, so for me, it was the perfect description of who I had become." Unquote. Her mind was becoming so much more open and intrigued with new melodies and the glam rock style of David Bowie, and of course, Queen. She incorporated these sounds into her own songs. Rob and Gaga were on fire, 
cranking out song after song and sending them to all kinds of music industry executives. They even established a small company and called it Team Love Child LLC to promote her career. Unfortunately, that love child started to fall apart and just as soon as the world's love grew for Lady Gaga. By 2008, Lady Gaga had relocated to Los Angeles after Akon offered to pay for her living expenses for a year. She sat in her Los Angeles apartment, looking out the window, trying to process the fame that she was constantly running away from. She was thinking about how it was catching up with her, and deep down, she was longing for solitude. Her heart was beating steady, almost in sync with the ticking of the clock on the wall. She could literally hear and feel the solitude that surrounded her in that moment. But it didn't last for long. There was a knock at the door. Akon had stopped by to pick her up for a party. Her and Akon had started becoming very close in that year. He introduced her to so many more music industry insiders and all the big name musicians that he had written songs for. And now she had some very powerful friends within the music industry. So she took them and made them more than friends. Well, not like romantically, but creatively. Artists, clothing designers, stage designers, and sound artists under her collective name, House of Gaga. One of these people was Red One. He noticed the way she had become connected with each and every person on her team. Red One decided to take a leap of faith and offered to produce her debut album. She already had all the songs. She just needed the money to make it happen. And now, she had that too. She went straight to work, and her debut album, The Fame, was released only eight months later. It reached number one in Austria, Canada, Germany, Ireland, Switzerland. Gaga was becoming a worldwide phenomenon. Despite having secured a record deal, having developed an entire team, and making a hit record, there were still some company executives who were concerned that her sound and image were too dance-oriented and too racy for the mainstream. But her response was, quote, My name is Lady Gaga. I've been in the music scene for years, and I'm telling you, this is what's next. Unquote. And she proved right. Lady Gaga was next up to become a music legend, as her album has sold over 4 million copies in the US alone. When the fame finally caught up with Lady Gaga, she had the courage and the audacity to only do what she wanted to do. She took orders from no one. She was proud to be who she was. Weird, wild, and crazy, and she got a lot of haters for it. Lady Gaga was the weirdest pop star the world had ever seen, and lots of people couldn't wrap their minds around that. Some people just wanted her to change her appearance to make her look more like a superstar. I mean, literally, change her physical appearance. Quote, I was told when I was first starting out that I should get a nose job, but I didn't, because I wanted to be who I was, unquote. From her elaborate outfits that once included a dress made from raw meat, to going clothing lists altogether, she's grabbed headlines, good and bad, based on her unique creativity. And she didn't care. She was just being who she was. So she took a leap of faith when she began working on her next record, 
Instead of making something that she knew her fans would like, she made an album that was true to herself. And unfortunately, it didn't do as well as her first. But she kept creating exactly what she wanted and how she wanted it. And eventually, people started liking her even more. She went on to make an album with one of her childhood idols, Tony Bennett, who's a jazz musician, and nobody expected that. However, it won a Grammy Award for the best pop vocal performance. Lady Gaga was becoming a musician of the people, a musician who had the perfect song for just about anybody. She had transcended the title of pop star and became a musician that even your grandma loves. And that made her the perfect kind of musician to perform at events like the Grammys and the Super Bowl. And both of those, she did, multiple times. And each is pretty legendary in their own right. At the 87th Academy Awards, she sang a medley of songs from The Sound of Music in a tribute to Julie Andrews. Now to remind us of some of our favorite things from The Sound of Music, the one and only Lady Gaga. That was considered one of her best performances by Billboard and went viral, triggering more than 214,000 interactions per minute globally on Facebook. And as for her Super Bowl performances, well, it was a success too. National Football League welcomes you to the Pepsi Zero Sugar Super Bowl 51 Halftime Show. Lady Gaga stood on the top of one of the highest pillars of the stadium. She hadn't felt her heart pounding like this since the very first time Akon had come to visit her. Thousands of fans sat on the edge of their seats in the stadium, and millions more at home, all waiting for the halftime show of a lifetime to begin. The two football teams were strategizing in the locker rooms, but were interrupted by a strange buzzing sound. A group of hundreds of lighted drones appeared in the sky above the stadium, forming various shapes and a spotlight drenched Lady Gaga on the top of that pillar. The show had begun, and millions of people were dumbfounded. This was the first time robotic aircraft had appeared in the Super Bowl program, and it attracted 117.5 million viewers in the United States, exceeding the actual game's total by 5 million viewers. CBS Sports included her performance as the second best in history of Super Bowl halftime shows. And of course, I'll put a link in the show notes in case anyone would like to watch it. By 2016, Lady Gaga may have finally gotten used to the fame that's been chasing her throughout her entire life. But frankly, no one knew what her next move would be. But she continued to go her own way. She released an album that was more intimate and deeper than her last three. Partnering with producer and fellow music legend Mark Ronson, Lady Gaga tapped into her own life story for the album that's named after her aunt, Joanne Germanotta, who died of lupus complications at just the age of 19 before Gaga was born. Quote, Returning to your family and where you came from and your history, this is what makes you strong, Lady Gaga told People Magazine. It's not looking out that's gonna do that. It's looking in. Joanne is a progression for me. It was about going into the studio and forgetting that I was famous." Unquote. So maybe the key to this album wasn't how she got used to her fame, but how she forgot about it altogether. She focused on what was important. 
She also told People Magazine that her relationships influenced the stories in Joanne. Quote, When you listen to the album, it's clear the influence that all the men in my life have made on this record. And that's at the center of it as well. I always wanted to be a good girl, and Joanne was such a good girl. But I have such a rebellious spirit, and my father was always very angry. He drank because of his sister's death, and I was just trying to understand him through making this record. And in that, also trying to understand why I love men that are cowboys." Unquote. And since then, she has lived in a very cowboy land, Las Vegas. Although she's still very busy as she's been working on her fifth album and making a movie that just came out. Tell me something, boy. Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard The real story of how a star is born starts with Lady Gaga sitting in her Las Vegas home. She was cooking her favorite meal. She loved the sounds of the vegetables grilling, and loved the smell even more. But she suddenly heard a knock at the door. A silhouette stood on the other side of a large, beautiful stained glass door. To some, it was a dream come true. But to Lady Gaga, it was just another guy who lived in her neighborhood. It was Bradley Cooper. She invited him in for some tea, so they got to talking. Well. They got to singing. That day that I met him at my house, mm -hmm. he wanted to sing a song with me um, called Midnight Special by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Sure. And uh, right before we sang, uh, I fed him first because he was hungry. <laughs> and we're both Italian and we're from the East Coast, so you know, that's what you do. And uh, so I was, uh, you know, heating up some leftover pasta in a frying pan and we were talking and then I printed out the sheet music and I went to the piano and I sat down and I started to play and then he opened his mouth and sang and I was like, oh my God. I said, Bradley, you have a voice. I mean, that man, he sings from his gut. He sings from his soul. And you know, you can be a technically perfect singer, and I'm sure, you know, the band can all agree, like, you can be technically perfect, but have no ability to tell a story, you know? And he just can tell a story when he sings. And I was just, I was so drawn to his passion. And you know, that's why I wanted to do this. It was, it was because I, I believed so much in him, and I was so grateful that he believed in me. Soon after that, it was announced that Lady Gaga had been cast in a remake of A Star Is Born. Her role would be the character Allie, which has previously been played by Janet Gaynor, Julie Garland, and Barbara Streisand. From pop star to brilliant actress, a star really was born. She even chose to be credited for the film under her given name. It was pretty much uncharted territory for both her and Bradley Cooper. She had never done this much acting, and he had never done this much singing, and he sang a lot. Your music to my eyes I had to listen just to find you I'd like for you to let me sing along The entire team on the movie made the decision that all musical performance should be done live. And that turned out to work really well. If you've seen the movie, you know how emotional the very last scene is. Well, those emotions were real. The day that Lady Gaga was filming that scene from the movie, she got a call from a close family friend. She stopped dead in her tracks and held the phone up close to her head. Tears dripped down her face. I'm sorry to say that she's not doing well, 
said the voice on the phone. She could hear one of her best friends moaning in the background. She knew her friend was losing her battle with cancer. I really think you should come down. She would really want to see you, said the voice. Lady Gaga ran to her car and left the film set. But when she arrived at the hospital, it was too late. Lady Gaga's longtime friend had lost her battle with cancer only 10 minutes ago. She stayed with her family and her widowed husband for a while longer after that. Eventually, she turned to him and looked at him straight in the teary eye. What do I do? She said as he turned back to her and looked her in her teary eye. He crooned, Sonia gave you a tragic gift today. You need to take it with you. Go back and finish that movie. So teary-eyed, she got up and drove back to the set. And within an hour, she sang the song that became the last scene of that film. Life is hard, man, but we gotta stick together. What's more important than any of this, the fame, the, the accolades, what's important is the process of love and kindness. And, and Bradley was so beautiful with me that day. He was so loving and he was like, you don't have to do it too many times. It's okay, like you don't have to, it's okay. And I just was like, all I want to do is sing, man. Just like, you know, I just want to sing. You sang it beautifully. And then I, I remember I, after one take, he took the, the monitor and he brought it to me. And he showed me what is the last frame of the film. And he said to me, this is going to be the last frame of this movie. And I really believe, you know, she becomes famous in the film, but a star is not born until the end. Last frame. The last frame, because I think the star of this film is human courage. It's bravery. And it's inside both her and Jackson. And I'm really honored and grateful and humbled that I got to be a, a part of telling this story. At first glance, Lady Gaga looks like a pop music Frankenstein that's been stitched together from elements of Madonna, David Bowie, and Freddie Mercury. But if you take a longer look, you'll see that she's much more than that. Lady Gaga thinks about fashion, music, and even life so differently than everyone else that she's pretty much created her own world that we may never even understand. Sure, pop music has played an integral role in the legend of Lady Gaga, but she changed pop music. She mutated it. She destroyed it and rebuilt it and really had so much fun with it to make something completely different. Something so much more wild and crazy, yet lovable. Something, well, completely Gaga. Your music to my Thank you all so much for listening to Music Legends. If you haven't already, share it with some friends. And if you liked what you just heard, write me a good review on iTunes or wherever you listen. I know it seems like a simple little thing, but it really does mean the world to me. This episode was produced, edited, and recorded by me, Chili Willie. I also want to give a quick but big shout out to my friend and teacher, Chase Thompson, who helps a bunch as well. He's a complete badass when it comes to podcasting and pretty much anything else audio related. 
Thanks for everything. It's only the beginning. And for everyone else, what music legend do you want me to do next? Hit me on the email at musiclegendspodcast at gmail.com or the snail mail or a paper scroll sealed by wax. Whichever way you prefer to transfer words. This has been Music Legends with Chillin' Out.